Do you have any married people in here? Well, if you've been married more than a month, you've probably had to deal with the subject of anger. So there's only a few people that's dealt with anger. Have you? So nobody's been angry in here except me, huh? Notice Ephesians 4.26. Ephesians 4.26. If you have your Bibles, if not, it'll be on the screen. The Bible says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath or don't let the sun go down on your anger. That tells us right there that If we're angry, we need to deal with it before we go to bed at night. Don't go to bed angry. Deal with the anger before you go to bed. But we'll say more about that as we go. Is it possible to be angry and not sin? The Bible just said that you could be angry and not sin. We need to realize that anger is, is an emotion that all human beings have to deal with. You just don't want to have the Incredible Hulk moment. Has anybody, do you all know who the Hulk is or do I need to explain that to you? And there was a series back in the 70s, I guess, with Bill Bixby. And he played the Incredible Hulk and and uh, he would get angry. You know, when the Hulk would get angry, the, what was David Banner, was it, wasn't that his name? He'd get angry and he'd turn into Lou Ferrigno, who was the the Hulk, and there was a there was a uh, line that uh, Bill Bixby would say. He would say, uh, "Say, don't make me angry." He said, "You wouldn't like me when I'm angry." I used to tell that to the little junior high students on the first day of class, and tell them, "Don't make me angry." You wouldn't like me when I'm angry, and uh, that always freaked those little kids out. And they kind of knew the Hulk back then because that was still in reruns. And But uh, it's not a sin to become angry. Did you know that even God gets angry? Do you think Jesus was angry the day that he cleaned the temple, cleared the temple? Was he angry with the money changers? They had changed the house of prayer into a house of merchandise and And Jesus got angry and he made a whip. The Bible says he made a whip. And he he drove them out. He turned over the table, the money changers. And, uh, but do you know Jesus was angry, but did he sin when he was doing that? Yes or no? No, because the Bible says he, he never sinned. It's important that we manage anger properly Now, Jesus, if you looked at it, you think, well, he flew off the handle. He didn't fly off the handle. Actually, if you study it out, he came in and he observed what was going on in that temple before he ever did anything. And we know he's the matchless son of God, God in the flesh. And and God never sins. Jesus never sinned. He was tempted in all points like as we are. He never sinned, but he was angry. He didn't sin. Jesus wasn't flying off the handle. But you know what I've seen? people fly off the handle 
before. Have you ever seen anybody fly off the handle? I've seen preachers fly off the handle. I've seen preachers already. uh, Did you know I've seen preachers cuss on the golf course? I've seen, I have. I've seen preachers beat tennis rackets because they lost a point. I, 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 I've seen ministers on the basketball court, they get mad and they, they start kicking the, kicking the bench. Have you ever seen a Christian get mad and angry? Sorry, Dorothy, I didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> Have any of you ever flown off the handle? See, the anger is not the sin, but if we react improperly to the anger, that is the sin. Did you get what I just said? The anger isn't the sin. The Bible said you could be angry and not sin. The anger isn't the sin. We're all human. We feel those, you know, that emotion of anger. It's just important that we handle it properly. You know, it's very easy to break God's commandments when we're angry. Literally, look if you would at Exodus thirty-two nineteen. It's interesting. Do you know who uh, who got the Ten Commandments? Does anybody know? Huh? Moses. And do you know that Moses? Now he was the meekest, most humble man in the earth at that time. But did you know that he had an issue with anger? He had an issue with it. A lot of people don't know that. But here in Exodus thirty-two nineteen, so it was as soon as he came near the camp. See, he was up getting the Ten Commandments and up, uh, other things we could say. He was up on that mountain for what, like 40 days? And he comes down and, and the children of Israel had made a golden calf and they were worshiping that calf. And the Bible says he saw the calf in the dancing. So Moses' anger became what? He got hot. I mean, hot under the collar. He got hot. And notice he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. So Moses got angry and he broke the, he broke the commandments. Have you ever got angry and broke one of the commandments? Again, it's not... And this right here wasn't necessarily sin what he did. He, he was angry and he, you know, the Bible doesn't say that it was sin. But we'll see a thing here in just a moment where he did... He did sin and miss it. But I read this scripture just for you to see that when you get hot under the collar and it's not a sin to be angry, but you got to react properly when you're angry. And uh, it's possible to break the Ten Commandments when you're angry. You see, there was another situation that happened with Moses about 40 years after this. Does anybody remember when he... Uh, when the children of Israel didn't have water and and the Lord told Moses to strike the rock. And if you read that story real carefully, there was two instances where the, the people needed water and there were two instances where the rock was dealt with. And uh, those two instances were about 40 years apart. And the first time Moses was told to strike the rock, Now, that rock was a type of Christ. The New Testament tells us that. The rock was a type of Christ. And the first time Moses struck the rock, 
He was told to use the rod that he struck the Nile with. Remember that rod that he struck and, he, and then he parted the Red Sea with it and all that? How many remembers that rod? Forty years later, it was a different rod. If you study it carefully, it was the Aaron's rod that budded. Two different rods. Two different rocks. The first rock in the Hebrew word and the, the second rock 40 years later, two different Hebrew words. The first rock was a symbol. You know, God is big on types and symbols. And the first rock had to do with Christ in crucifixion. And he was to strike that with his rod of judgment. It was to show Jesus and his death on the cross and so forth. Forty years later, that rock was a type of Jesus in his resurrection. Now, God is big on his symbols. But what Moses did the first time, he obeyed God and he struck the rock. Forty years later, now it's interesting, 40 years later, the new generation of Israelites were coming up. They were, they, they, you know, because that first group that came out of Egypt, how many of you know they were grumblers and complainers, aren't they? But 40 years later, guess what? Do you know parents can teach their children an awful lot? And, and that, that next generation, did you know if you study it out in the Old Testament, they were grumblers and complainers too. At first, they were talk, those kids that had grown up, in the, it, it, they were talking about how good it was back in Egypt. Well, how would they know how good it was back in Egypt? Where did they get that from? They got it from their parents. You know what was back in Egypt? There was a, they were in bondage, weren't they? Now, they, had, they, they were fed well, apparently, but, but they were in bondage. How many of you know that's not a good thing? But 40 years comes and goes and this next generation is coming up and they're still grumbling and complaining just like Moses had dealt with their parents 40 years prior. They're grumbling, they're complaining. God tells him to this time go speak to the rock. The first time the rock was to be struck, that was a type of Christ in crucifixion. The second time, that the, the Hebrew word for rock, it, show, it was to show Jesus in his resurrection. And it was really an illustration of 1 John 1, 9, you know, that when we as, as Christians, when we miss it, you know, as believers, we can confess our sins and God will forgive us of our sins and so forth. But we're just speaking to the rock the second time. And Moses messed all that up. You know why he messed it up? Because he got angry with the people. If you study it, you'll see he got angry with their grumbling and their complaining. God told him to go speak to the rock so water would come out. Moses got angry with the people. He got hot under the collar and then guess what he did? It's not an angry, it's not a sin to be angry, but he reacted improperly and he started chewing out the people. We could look all, all the verses up, but he started chewing the people out. And he called them a bunch of rebels and he chewed on them screamed at him perhaps, yelled at him. And then in his anger, he took that rod and instead of speaking to the rock, guess what he did? He hit it. The Bible says he hit it twice. But the point is he hit the thing. Was he supposed to hit it? No, he was supposed to speak to it. And he messed up one of God's symbols. And guess what? That anger, it wasn't the anger, but he reacted wrongly to it. And guess what? He didn't get to enter the promised land. Did you know that your anger, if not handled properly, can keep you from fulfilling all that God has for you to do? Moses, actually, it can keep you from finishing your course with God. 
successfully. Moses did not finish his ministry completely and successfully. I believe it was the will of God for him to take those Israelites all the way into the promised land. But what kept him from it? It wasn't the anger. It was his wrong reaction to the anger. It's just like fear. Has anybody ever been afraid besides me? There's nothing wrong with feeling fear. If you're human, you're going to feel fear. The problem is, is when you react improperly to the fear. Same thing with anger. It's not a sin to be angry, but you have to react to it properly. And Moses didn't react to it properly. He got angry and he chewed the people out. And he struck the rock. Now God in his great mercy, guess what? The water came, the people were grumbling. Moses was angry and disobeying God. But God still gave water to the people. Isn't God good? He's really good. He's wonderful. He's very gracious and merciful. But the point here is, is that Moses' improper reaction to anger kept him from successfully completing his ministry that God had for him. And I see this again and again as we've pastored now for many years and, and I've been around Christians and I've watched not only ministers but, 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 but people, you know, over the many years. And, and we've watched how people get angry, they get mad and angry and they react improperly to that and it, and, and it costs them. And it keeps them from fulfilling all that God has for them to do. Notice in Proverbs 14, 17, notice this, Proverbs 14, 17, says a quick-tempered man, but we could put woman in there as well. Let's say it this way. A quick-tempered person acts how? How? Foolishly. And then let's look at Proverbs 29, 11. I'm going to look at this in the NIV. Proverbs 29, 11. A fool gives full what? Full vent to his anger. But a wise man keeps himself what? Under control. See, a wise man is going to get angry just like a foolish man. Both of them are going to get angry. But you see, a fool will give full vent to that anger. But a wise man will keep himself or a wise woman will keep themselves under control. You need to keep yourself under control when you get angry. What I've told people for years, you know, particularly a husband and a wife, but it would apply to any relationship. When you get angry and you're, you're, you're hot under the collar and you're running hot, it's best to go to your neutral corners and cool off before you come together and talk about the situation. Now, you need to talk about the situation. We'll, we'll say more about that as we go. The situation that has caused the anger, it needs to be discussed and talked about. But you don't 
need to be talking about it when you're both hot or one of the two, are, uh, a husband or a wife or whatever, when you're hot under the collar. How many of you know that's not the best time to talk something out? You need to get into the neutral corner. But the Bible told us when we started here, you need to deal with it not six weeks later, not six days later. You need to deal it deal with it when? Before when? Before the sun goes down. That, that implies you need to deal with it quickly. But you don't need to deal with it immediately. I've watched people, and I've done it myself with my wife, and you know, I've watched people say things that they don't mean, say mean things to people. You know, you know, words are like bullets. Once a bullet's out of the gun and hits somebody and, and, and does damage, you can't get that bullet back, can you? The words are much like bullets. Have you ever been able to get toothpaste back in the tube? Has anybody ever tried? When you get angry and you, you go off and give them a piece of your mind, you might say something to your loved one that, you might you could wound them with those words and, and you can't get those words back. You can do unimaginable damage to people with your words. And you're more likely to say things you don't mean when you're angry and running hot. So when you're angry and you're hot, get apart for a little bit, cool off. But then come back together and talk through the, the situation. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. James 1.19 in the NIV, New International Version, says, My dear brothers, and it applies to sisters too, my dear Christians, we could say, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You know, we have one mouth and two ears. We ought to do twice as much listening, I think, as we do talking. A lot of people don't do that. But quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You know, it's important to be a good listener to someone who is angry. And it's important to have someone to talk to when you are angry. Now, slow to speak does not mean refuse to speak. You know, anger can cause you to clam up. Now, I've watched people get angry... And I've watched them just blow, blow, blow their top. But I've also watched people get angry and I've watched them clam up. You know what I mean by clam up? And they hold that anger. And have you ever seen a pressure cooker? Anybody ever seen a pressure cooker? I don't guess they're used much anymore with microwaves, but pressure cooker... And the pressure can come, become so intense and then you let, when, I guess when you take the lid off, you have to let the pressure, release the pressure. 
before you take the lid off? Because if you take the lid off, I wish I had a bottle of soda up here. Would you like me to shake a can of soda and then pop it open right in front? How many would like me to do that? You would, you would like, you, because you know it's going to go everywhere. But if you shake up a can, not water, but you shake up a can of soda and pop it, it's going to go everywhere. You shake up a can of soda before you pop it, you need to do what? You need to let it sit there a little bit and calm down. Is that right? But I've watched people, they get angry. See, we're talking about reacting to anger. People get angry and they they just blow up like you'd pull the top off of a can of soda you just shook, you know, or a pressure cooker before you release the pressure, you know, it just blows. But other people don't do that. Other people will clam up and then they get the silent treatment. Anybody know about the silent treatment? You know, the silent treatment. And the person that's angry, they hold on to that anger and it, and, and, and they keep it on the inside. And I've, I've watched this over the years. Clamming up often leads to blowing up down the road. I've watched this with couples over the years. This little thing happens and anger. And this little thing happens and anger. And then another little thing happens and anger. And then maybe a little bigger thing happens and the anger is building and building and building. And then over the course of a long period of time, weeks or months, just the littlest old thing takes place. And the person that has been holding that anger, they've been clammed up. And all of a sudden, just the littlest thing causes them to blow up. It just causes all sorts of, of, of problems. Some people bottle their anger inside. They let it build into bitterness and grudges. They may not say anything, but their hearts are full of anger and malice. We need to learn how to manage anger. One survey showed that that anger is found at the root of every infidelity in a marriage. In other words, you, you find a married couple and, and, and you, you find that one of them's been unfaithful to the other and you trace it back. And one study showed that, that anger is found, un, un, undealt with anger, anger that hasn't been dealt with properly is at the root of that marriage problem. And uh, I've seen couple sit in my office and years go by where I'm thinking of this one case now where the, the woman was just ready to, I mean she was, I mean almost had to hold her off of her husband. Can get interesting in pastoral counseling sometime. And, and this is so long ago nobody would have any clue who I'm talking about so I'll, I'll, I'll I could share it. Um, quite interesting. He, was, uh, he had lost his job and, and he didn't want to go to work and he, so he wanted to make some money quick. And so he went on the internet site, the gambling site. <clears throat> and so he's on that site and he had, he, when they were, by the time they got to my office, they were about $8,000 in the hole. And I said, how did that happen? And he said, well, I went on this. He said, I lost my job and I didn't want to go back to work and I wanted to make some money quick because we had bills coming up. So he said, I went on the internet site and he said, uh, uh, they give you practice games. 
And so I put the, I started, I did have to put the credit card number in. We started playing practice games. And you know, I, he said, I, I kept winning. I kept winning every one of those practice games. And, and, and this almost merges into a message on stupidity here. But he said, uh, he said, I won every one of them practice games. And he said, you know what? Well, I put my credit card in. Because he said, I was on fire. I couldn't lose in them practice games. He said, we, and then I put my credit card number in. And, and he said, he said, I started losing. And he said, I can't figure it out. He said, how could I be so good at the practice games? I put my credit card in and I start losing. You know, I almost don't want anybody that stupid going to my church. You know what I'm saying? Can you laugh at anything? It's pretty funny. Bless his heart. And he said, I finally got $4,000 behind. And he said, I started panicking. And so I did the, I, I rolled it all on double or nothing. And he said, I have 8000 in the hole. Isn't that something? Now, in fairness to that fella, he stopped and he did, he finally went out and he got some extra jobs and he paid it off and, and all of that. He repented and that's all good. But, uh, but, but the point of that is his wife was ready, ready to kill him. And you can see why. And then I've had them sit in my office over the years where they're not talking to each other, won't speak. And uh, anger is, is something we need to be aware of and something we need to deal with properly. Um, here in my notes, I have here highlighted... When you're angry, it is important, and I've said it earlier, but I want to say it again. You want to have somebody to talk to. Uh, Go to Exodus 32. I know we have a lot of scriptures in the Old Testament. If you attend here regularly, I pretty much, I like to stay in the New Testament because we live in the New Covenant, but we could learn some things certainly from the Old Testament. Did we tell you earlier that God got angry? He never sinned. Did you know when God got angry at the people of Israel, he had, uh, he had Moses to talk to. Look at Exodus 32.9. Um, this again was a situation where people were worshiping the golden calf. and He said, I've seen these people. This is Exodus 32.9, NIV. I've seen these people, the Lord said to Moses. And they're stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you a great nation. Was God angry? And was he ready to destroy him? But look at verse 11. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. O Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why? Should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger. Now watch this. Turn. Now this is Moses talking to God. Turn from your fierce anger. Relent. Do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and and Israel, Jacob or Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky. I'll give your descendants all this land. I I promise them and it will be uh, their inheritance forever. Then the Lord 
relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. What's the point here? It was helpful to God to have someone to talk to when he was angry. And if that's helpful to God, don't you think that would be helpful to us? If we had someone to talk to when we're angry, it'd be very helpful. Be very helpful. If it was helpful to God, it would be helpful to you and me. You know, if you're angry about something or you're angry at someone, find somebody to talk to about it. The best one I can think of to talk to would be God. Talk to the Lord about it. It wouldn't hurt to find somebody you trust and talk to them about it. Don't clam up, don't blow up, but just find somebody to talk to. Even the person you're angry with, because remember, when do you want to deal with your anger? Before the sun, which implies you want to deal with it quickly. You don't want to clam up and let it build up in there for weeks and months and years, but you don't want to fly off the handle either. Talk to God about it. Find somebody you trust and talk to them. Even the person you're angry with. As long as you're at a place and they're at a place where the situation doesn't escalate. You know what I'm talking about? I know my wife and I, when there's an issue with us in our marriage, you know, we get in a room and we stay there until we talk through it. And just, you know, like my wife and I were two different people. Now, you would not believe this to see me here this morning, but I I can have a tendency to blow up. That's kind of my tendency. Is that right? And she has a tendency to clam up. That's really a sight. You got me blowing up and her clamming up. We've been married almost 30 years. We've had to learn how to work through a few things. And, and so we try to go to our neutral corners, I guess, as best we can. And then we try to deal with it. And we get in a room and we talk through it. And we don't leave the room until we've got it ironed out. And we, we're not 100% perfect at it, but we're better than we used to be. And I'm convinced we might not even be married today if we hadn't figured out how we need to deal with anger. We get real tough in that house. You not talking at all and me screaming and yelling like Fred Flintstone. That'd be something. Most people don't know who Fred Flintstone is anymore. Ralph Cramden. Anybody remember Ralph Cramden? So she's a clamor and I'm a blower. But we've learned to work through that. And we get together as quickly as we can and talk through the situation. And we've sat there as long as an hour or two hours talking through it to be sure we've got it ironed out. Uh, I don't want to go too long. Go to Genesis 4.
verse 4. You ever hear Cain and Abel? Brothers there, children of Adam and Eve, and Abel also brought forth, this is Genesis 4, 4, he brought his firstborn of his flock and their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. And the reason the Lord did that is because Abel brought God his best. Cain, verse 5, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And if you study into it, Abel brought his by faith, that it takes faith to bring your first and your best to God. Cain did not bring his first and his best to God. This had nothing to do with God being a respecter of persons. It had to do with that Abel loved God so much, he brought him his first and his best, and Cain did not. And so God showed respect to the offering Abel brought because Abel did it in faith and so forth. But look at verse 6, or verse 5. He did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was what? He wasn't just angry, he was what? Very angry, and his countenance fell. Verse 6, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? That's a good question to ask all of us this morning. If you're angry, why are you angry? And you need to ask yourself that question. Why are you angry? And then you need to deal with it. You need to talk to somebody about it. You need to deal with it. Talk to God. Talk to someone you trust. Or even talk to that person that you're angry with as long as you're in a position where that will work successfully. He said, why are you angry and why is your countenance fallen? Then verse 7, if you do well. See, Cain didn't do the right thing. He didn't bring God his first and his best. But God says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. It's desires for you, but you should rule over it. Now look at verse 8. Now Cain talked with with Abel, his brother. But you study into that word talk. They did not sit down and have a conversation like, Pastor Diane and I would have in our house when we're angry with each other. Cain, this word talk here, he said to his brother, he called him out into the field and guess what he did? He he murdered him. Did you know the first murder in the Bible was over an offering? Much we could say about that. But Cain did not get together with his brother to talk to him like I've been talking about here this morning, he called him out in the field and killed him. Isn't it interesting? And, and you run into these kind of people. Have you ever run into a person that they're just mad and they're going to be mad and they're going to be angry no matter what? Those are some tough people to deal with. And I think Cain was one of those kind of people. Think of it, he wouldn't even listen to God, would he? You know, some people won't even listen to the Lord. He's got the best one you could talk to, the best person you could talk to, Cain. He's angry. He's got the best one you could talk to, God. And he still winds up killing his brother. There are some people that are just difficult people. It's very sad. Think about that. I'm taking a little time here. Cain had, would you agree God is the best person you could talk to? Certainly. And he was just an angry person. You know, there were people that got angry with Jesus at his ministry. 
and got offended by Jesus? Did you know Jesus offended some people, didn't he? And you know when those people got offended, did you know that Jesus didn't run after them to try to talk to them, you know, come back, come back. He didn't do that. Because there are some people, now Jesus is love in the flesh, God in the flesh. There are some people that they get angry and they're obstinate. And some people you just need to leave them alone. Is that right? Yes or no? So you just need to leave them alone. Most people, you can talk to them, you can deal with them. Most people are reasonable, but there are some that just aren't. And the Bible tells us why Cain in the New Testament, First John, it tells us why Cain killed Abel because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Cain was just one of those people that is tough to deal with. Now, I want to close with this thought. Did you know there are some people that are angry with God? More Christians than I care to think over the many years that I've dealt with, multitudes of them, somewhere or another, they've gotten angry with the Lord over something or other. Now, would you agree with me? It's like that kid when I was teaching middle school years ago and I was teaching and it was, it was the seventh period. It was near the end of the day. I was tired. I was just in one of those moods. Ever gotten in one of those moods? And, and this, the kids were working and he was just sitting there and I just, I just decided I was going to stare at him, just have a little fun. Probably wouldn't do it today. I'd probably get arrested if I did it today or fired. I just started staring at him. And he looked up and he saw me staring at him. And he looked back down and doing his work. He looked up and did that a few times and he started squirming in his seat because I was just staring at him and finally he, he couldn't take it anymore and he, he looked at me and he said, Mr. Shield, Mr. He said, Mr. Shield, he said, why are you staring at me? I ain't did nothing wrong. I ain't did nothing wrong. Not really, it was a math class, not an English class. I ain't did nothing wrong. How many of you know God ain't did nothing wrong? Has he or hasn't he? Has he ever did anything wrong? then why would we be angry with the Lord about anything? Think about that. Has God, it's not good English, but you get it. Has he did anything wrong? Has he did anything wrong to anybody? Then why would any reasonable person ever be mad at God about anything? But yet there are multitudes of Christians that get angry with the Lord. Have you ever been angry with the Lord? I have. Now, but, but if you just stop right there for, for a moment, God ain't, did nothing wrong. Why would a, a reasonable person wouldn't get mad with somebody that's perfect? Is that right? But yet people get mad at the Lord. The baby died. The spouse died. The accident happened. This happened. That happened. That happened. This happened. I'll just throw this in. Uh, you see me now about 165 pounds. That's pretty good. But five years ago, I weighed about 235 pounds. 
And from the time I was 30 years old till the time I turned 50 years old, the Spirit of God was dealing with me right on the inside here. You need to lose weight and exercise. You need to lose weight and exercise. And then there's times he would just speak to me right on the inside here. I just knew it. He'd speak to me right on the inside, the same way he'll talk to you if you listen. That when you get into your mid-50s, you're going to have some serious health problems and you're going to die young. Right there. While I'm eating the Big Macs and the quarter pounder with cheese and the White Castles and the Snicker bars. and I was, I was digging my grave with my spoon and my knife and my fork. And for 20 years, God would deal with me right there on the inside. And finally, as I came up on my 50th birthday, have you ever had anybody say something to you with like a tear in, the, in their eye? The last time the Lord spoke to me about the weight thing, like a tear in his eye, he went over it with me and, and, and he said, you get in your mid-50s, you're going to have some serious health problems, you're going to die, you're going to die young. I said it with tears. He said, I'll not say anything to you about it again. And you know what? That last time it touched me. And now I eat right, I exercise, I've lost some 60 some odd pounds. But let's say I wouldn't have done anything about that. And let's say I'd have kept eating like a, as big as a cow and eating like a horse. And let's just say I'd have kept that up. And now I get, and I'm going to be 55 real soon. I get into my mid-50s, I fall ill. The Spirit of God's talking to somebody here on this. You could just help you as much as anything. Let's just say I wouldn't have done, dealt with the Big Macs and I wouldn't have put away the Big Macs and the, and the French fries and all that and the Snicker bars and the milkshakes. And it's unbelievable some of the stuff I, I ate. So I wouldn't have done that. And let's say I had never mentioned to you anything about what the Lord had been dealing with me about. And now I get in my mid-50s and I fall ill. And people start praying for me and the more they pray, it seems like the sicker I get. And then I get 57, 58 and I'm dead. And people praying all over the country for Pastor Terry and he's dead. What's the first thing people are going to say? It starts with a W and ends with a, why it has an H in the middle with a question mark. They're going to say what? Why? And then why did God let that happen? And then people, and particularly people closest to me, could well get mad at God. This happens all the time. But what those people that are mad at God now because Pastor Terry is dead is they don't know that for 20 years God in His great mercy was trying to what? trying to warn me and, and then I had to do something. You know, a lot of us, we just want to pray and have God do everything. You know, there's a lot of things that, that God will help us do, but there's a lot of things we have to do. How many of you know, I had to lay down the Big Mac, didn't I? I had to lay down the stick. I know this gets close to where a lot of people live, but, but you know, I had to lay these things down and now I don't have to die in my mid-50s. Isn't that wonderful? But the point is, what if I hadn't laid it down and I had never told you what God dealt with me? You know, there's a lot of people that bad things happen to them and we wonder why, 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 why? We get angry at the Lord. Now, He ain't what? He ain't did nothing wrong. We get angry at the Lord. But a lot of times we don't know the behind the scenes stuff. If we knew the behind the scenes stuff, we wouldn't get angry with the Lord. 
I mean, knowing what I just told you, if I'd have died in my mid-50s, would there be any reason for you to be angry with the Lord or wonder why did he die? No, because you knew the Lord had what? Dealt with me for 20 years about the situation. Is that right? But yet people don't know those things and they get angry with the Lord. And the Lord hasn't done anything wrong. I don't know if that made any sense to you, but did you get the illustration I was trying to... Yes or no? And uh, for the sake of time, David... Have you ever heard of King David? Did you know that he got angry with the Lord upon occasion? The sweet psalmist of Israel. Real quick, Psalm 13, 1. Just, just a few more, real quick. Now this is a, this is a man after God's own heart. He got angry with the Lord. So if you've ever got angry at the Lord, I'm not trying to put you down. I'm trying to help you here. Notice we can learn what, what David did. We'll see this. David, in, even though he got angry with the Lord, he always turned away from that anger and began to praise the Lord in spite of his anger. And actually... Now, is anger the sin or is the reaction to the anger the sin? So David would get angry with the Lord upon occasion, but he, he didn't allow that anger to separate him from God. Actually, he, he began to praise God in the midst of that anger and actually he reacted properly and he allowed that anger actually to bring him closer to the Lord. Let's read here. How, verse 1, Psalm 13, 1. How long, our Lord, will you forget me forever? Does that sound like somebody's angry with the Lord? It does to me. How long will you hide your face from me? In other words, are you ever going to answer my prayer? Have you ever said that to the Lord? Well, you're in good company. David did too. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Have you ever said that? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, and light my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. So he's angry, he's upset. Upset with the Lord, shouldn't be, but he is. He's human like you or me. But notice what he does in verse 5. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I'll sing to the Lord because he's dealt bountifully with me. You see what he did there? Even though he's angry... He decides, I'm going to praise God in the midst of it. I don't understand why. I don't have all the answers to everything. But even though I'm angry here, I'm not going to let that anger separate me from the Lord. I'm going to praise God in the midst of it. And for the sake of time, I'm not going to read. I had a couple other verses, but they show similar things with David, just similar things. And so let me read from my notes. Like David, instead of letting your anger block God... Use your anger to motivate you to praise God. Did you get that? Anger with God can lead to a closer relationship with Him if you allow it to. Just read my notes here. Some have, have a hard time letting go of anger. If you find yourself holding a grudge against God, it can lead you to become very distant from Him. I've seen many people do that, and I've done that myself over the years. But thank God if we'll just decide to praise Him, we can get back close with Him. Isn't that wonderful? 
And then my notes here, deal with anger in its infancy before it grows into something really harmful to you. That most people don't do that. They let that anger, as we said earlier, build and build and build. If you plant a little bitty tree, when is it easier to cut that tree down? When it's a little bitty or after about 50 years of it growing and it's real big? Are you people? Boy, you know, everybody, am I, I must be boring you all. Am I boring you all? Are you getting anything out of this? At least nobody's gone to sleep on me yet. You getting anything? You're just listed, aren't you? This is a long way from that all-black church I preached in up in Kenlock years ago. I got up there to teach, and I mean, those folk wanted preaching. And they were standing and going on, and I just loved That was the most fun I ever had in my life. And Fernando went to the organ, and I got so wound up that the people were egging me on so that I took my, my suit coat off, and I threw it at the lady on the second row that had that funny-looking hat on. Remember that? I was trying to knock that hat off her head, and uh, Diane jumped up and grabbed my suit coat and pulled it back down. I wish you hadn't have done that. I knocked that, coat, uh, that hat off that lady's head. Well, you can have a little fun in church, can't you? We could use a little bit of fun, couldn't we? I mean, you know a church ought to be a place of great joy, not a funeral home. Is that right? Can you say amen? amen. There you go. Now you're helping me. All right. Deal with anger. Should you deal with anger in its infancy or when it's a big tree? Okay, you're out there. Let's, let's close in Ephesians 4, verse 26. If you egg me on, you get me going. We can have a big time. Be angry, we read this earlier, be angry, Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not what? Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Have we read that already? Yeah. Because you see, if you don't do that, verse 27, it says, nor give place to the, to the devil. See, if you, do, if you, if you refuse to, to do verse 26, if, if, if you get angry and you sin, and you don't deal with it early, and that anger, you're going to give place to the devil, aren't you? You're going to wind up sinning. Verse 31, let all, real loud say all, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all, uh, with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ and God forgave you. Well, if we did just half of what the scripture said, we'd be in good shape, wouldn't we? Well, let's do all of what it said. Stand with me if you would. I trust you got something out of this today. Stand with me and bow your heads, if you would, for just a minute. Heavenly Father, I pray for these people here today, good people, wonderful people. They sit and they listen so intently, and we're just so thankful for that. I trust that as this word has gone into them, that they'll take it to heart. They'll act upon it. And they'll, that they'll not just be hearers of the word only, but doers. Not forgetful hearers, but doers. All of us. That when situations...